All right, I'm Dan, and welcome to the Stage Fright Podcast, where we talk mental health while working in creative industries. Today, I'm talking to violin player for the stars, Holly Chapman. I was penciled in to do a TV gig for Lady Gaga. Holly wanted to talk women in the industry. Let's start with being a woman. What's that like? (laughs) (laughs) And whether looks really are more important than playing ability. Because these agencies are working with small women, and then I come along, and they're thinking, well, she doesn't look like the rest of them. It's heartbreaking, really. It's a very superficial industry. Mm, I'm lucky that I look like Ryan Reynolds. (laughs) So (laughs) So you get all the gigs. Does living in London really help your career? It is quite a big misconception going to live in London to become a session musician. Holly talks to me about her relationship with alcohol. I use alcohol to make me feel better. I one time got sent home from the school I teach at because I stank of alcohol and the people around her that help her through that because he'll be like yeah but Holly when you're really busy you complain you're too busy but then when you have no work you complain you've got no work welcome to our world (laughs) (laughs) and the reason I could never be a plumber like my dad (laughs) if you're a plumber whenever someone needs a plum a plum (laughs) (laughs) this is the stage fright podcast here's Holly Chapman I yeah, won't yeah. for my coffee. <laughs> yeah, a bit of ASMR. Yeah, <laughs> just those ASMR videos. <laughs> People make so much money off those videos. And I'm like, I'll be scrolling. You know that. when you scroll through Facebook or something and you click on a video and watch it, and then you go, go to the next one, the next one. Yeah. They keep coming up for me, but it's like people like crunching on a cucumber. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's like people are well into that. Like, it's I'm, so weird. I'm chewing chewing gum now. People That's might be gross. into that. That's it's sick. so gross, isn't it? <laughs> Oh, people are weird. <laughs> yeah, people go to sleep to it. Like yeah. My wife will go to sleep listening to murder podcasts. Really? So she goes to sleep, she'll go to sleep at like... Just drift off and then have dreams she's killing people. No, I don't think <laughs> I think it just relaxes her. So she'll, there's a, there's a podcast called Small Town Murder and they, it's quite a funny podcast, mm. they're two comedians, but because I'm quite a late night person, yeah. I'm very like a night owl and Emma will go to bed at like half eight. <laughs> not, not quite half eight. She'll go to bed at like, Maybe like 10. A normal time, yeah. Just a normal time, and then she'll be up at 7 o'clock. Yeah. No. Whereas I like going to bed at like 2, 3 o'clock in the morning. It's yeah. quite a thing. And I'll walk in, and I'll just hear like the knife bludgeoned her head. And you know, like, <laughs> funny, she's just there like sound asleep. Oh, so like, relaxing. So relaxing. I'm like, what the fuck is she listening to? Like, so mad. Yeah, so I'm... I'll cut all this out. Are you reco- oh, you're recording now. <laughs> cut all this shit out, mate. <laughs> yeah, if this if this ends up in the podcast, it didn't go well. No, okay. God, pressure. I know. Right now it gets serious. Uh. Right, so I'm here with Holly. Uh, if you'd like to explain what you do. Yes, I am a violinist, professional violinist. Yes. I like adding that on because for, you know... For people that don't know, you can be a professional violinist. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're still playing your little violin, are you? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yes. Right. I don't know at what point I became professional. I guess when I graduated music college. Do you remember your first paid gig? Thing is, I did weddings when I was sort of 16, 17. Yeah. Played at weddings and stuff like that. Yeah. So probably something like that. Although my mum used to send me out busking. Oh, really? When I was about 12. In Fairham. Like some High sort of street. slave driver. <laughs> Go make yeah, money. I was having a conversation with her about this the other day, about how much I hated it. Every, sat- <laughs> every Saturday. God, this goes back to anxiety as well. Maybe this is where it all started. Every Saturday, mum would drop me off in Fairham. Yeah. Say, right, do an hour and- I'll be back in an hour and a half. Get your violin out. <laughs> At 12? And would leave me you there. You were 12? At 12, 13, yeah. Wow. 
And I'd um, play, people loved it. I used to play like Irish fiddle tunes. Oh, amazing. Yeah, I bet, I bet people, people loved it. People loved it. I think because I was a little child. Yeah, because <laughs> you were a child. Street, yeah. Playing Irish fiddle tunes. Yeah. I used to get about 70 quid. That'd be well, my pocket pro- money. Probably about 55 after your mum's manager's <laughs> for dropping you off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I used to be so scared though. I felt very vulnerable. Did you? Yeah. It's just you and a violin. Me and my I violin. Because it's quite a small instrument. Do you feel like you can hide behind the violin? No. Do you know? I, I feel I like I can think, hide behind the guitar. I don't think, no. No. But then the good thing about the violin in somewhere like Fairham in Hampshire, you know, don't see that every day walking down the street. No, do you, that's true. It's always a, you know, yeah. there's always a, an acoustic guitar player. But no, that's when I first started earning money, really, technically, yeah. from the violin, which is when I started busking on the streets. Because the violin is my favourite instrument. Like is the, it? Yeah, and I've never learned it because I don't want to ruin it. I don't want to yeah. be shit at it everyone's want... shit at the violin for the first like five years everyone oh, so how, how shit were you at 12 actually no okay <laughs> when did you start seven. i was seven <laughs> i was i was seven <laughs> i was seven when i started yeah the violin is one of those instruments that sounds awful yeah. for yeah. ages bass is fine guitars kind of fine drums they're just loud yeah when you're good they're loud when you're bad they're loud yeah they're kind of fine but a violin sounds wrong when you're when you're learning absolutely yeah. it does so why did you stick with it <laughs> <laughs> well i didn't really do anything else to be honest yeah. i never did you know girls would do dancing or sports or stuff like that i never did anything like that yeah. i just did violin and i practiced yeah which does help did you love practicing no did you not <laughs> i did oh, i, I kind of liked it did I was, you yeah, i was quite into it yeah i didn't enjoy practicing I think with the violin, as a classical instrument, you're sort of learning from sheet music. You're learning a piece and you're playing through this piece and getting it better and better. But it's all very, um, it's not very free. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's not like you can, you get this piece of music and then you can do different things with it. Like, no, you have to play that bit like legato and and nice and smooth and quiet. And then it's all like there on the page for you. Yeah. So it almost gets, the practice almost gets a bit, it still does, gets a bit sort of boring. A bit repetitive. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a shame. Yeah. Because, yeah, yeah, I never really thought of that because you coming from a classical music kind of background and me from like a kind of rock kind mm. of thing, there's a lot of make it up as you go along with rock, really. Yeah, there's a lot which of- I never had. And actually, now that, you know, I sometimes do gigs with a DJ and I'm improvising and oh, stuff cool. like that. That came very unnaturally to me. Oh, really? To start off with. Like, the thought of improvising over something yeah. was terrifying because everything I'd done was read from sheet music. Yeah. yeah. Like, Do you enjoy it now, though? Yeah, I love it now. Yeah. But it used to be really scary. Yeah. Like, oh, my God, I, I'm going to play some notes that don't work with this song and sound rubbish. Yeah. But, but that's then what you're pulling from then is the the rules of what you've learned in classical music, you know yeah. that if you're in whatever key, you yeah. know you, these notes, notes work. work. Yeah. yeah. And that's, you just pull from that. Yeah. But in that moment, you're like, I don't know what any of these notes no. are. No, I've exactly. Got to, I've got to now start playing and, oh, okay, I'm in now. Okay, I'm in. Yeah, yeah oh, that's it, it's fine. But this like sticking to sheet music thing, actually, I was in a band, which I think you did sound for. Yeah, I think that's the first time we met. It was either, it was Haunted Stereo, I think, at the railway in Winchester. Maybe, yeah. Or it might have been Anya. Probably Anya. But no, I definitely <laughs> met you back along. Probably when I was about 19 or something. Okay. Anyway, 
um, those gigs, they actually found me when I was busking, funnily cool. enough, when I was about 17, 18. Haunted Stereo did. But I, I'd done so many of those gigs and I was still reading the sheet music every gig. Really? Even though Even I knew though the knew songs it. back to front, it was like, I need that sheet music there just in case. I had a friend, a drummer friend, who he didn't read music or he didn't write music or anything, but he wrote notes down for the songs. Yeah. Like, um, he, you know, just things that you look at it and you yeah. go, that makes no sense to me. But he looks at it and he's like, okay, I know exactly what I mean by that. Yeah. And every gig, he'd sort of have to have it next to him. Yeah. Even though he knew it. And he's like, if, if I take that away, I'm it's sort gone, of... It's yeah. gone, yeah. It's gone. What if I forget every single yeah. song I've ever played with this band yeah. and cannot remember what <laughs> yeah. the notes or anything? And realistically, if you've played 10 gigs in a row with the same yeah, songs, you know you're not going to do that. You know them. Of course, of course I knew... I definitely knew them. How's, your, how's your coffee, by the way? Do you want another good. one? No. You've, you've smashed like two coffees in it's the really time. It's really bad, isn't it? <laughs> so I, I teach three days a week. I teach violin. And I will literally have about five coffees before midday. It's really bad. Wow. Because I'm not, because I start at eight o'clock and I'm not a morning person. No, I'm not. To a function, person. I need caffeine. Yeah. When I put out that um, post about the podcast and mm. I'm starting this, you got in contact. You said something that made me go, yes, I need to get her on the podcast. You wanted to talk, one, from a classical yeah. point of view, from a violin point of view. And two, from a, the point of view of a woman yeah. in the music industry. Yeah. And the struggles you found yes. being a woman. Yeah. So yeah, what stories have you got for that? Okay. Let's start with being a woman. What's that like? <laughs> <laughs> I enjoy it. It's great. It's great. It is, no, I do enjoy it. Um, so a lot of what I do is in the sort of entertainment industry rather than sort of touring or doing stuff like that. I'll play, I'll play at events, corporate events. Weddings. Weddings. You know, I did a gig in Malta for a corporate company last year. Wow. With the string quartet that I play with, which is great. But a lot of these um, agencies that book musicians for these type, like, types of gigs are predominantly, um, they work with dancers. Yes. So they see, yeah, dan- they work with dancers and that's the sort of main, their main thing. And then they bring in musicians to sort of add things to events yeah. that they supply dancers for. So we've started, I've done a few gigs now where I, they dress you, they, you, they have the costumes. Mm-hmm. You're going to like, we, we've worn some great costumes, really good, really fun, like big puffy dresses and oh, awesome. dramatic and. Which that's quite, that's kind of, that's, that's quite normal um, yeah. in the way that, you know, you turn up to something and they want you to wear a specific thing. Yeah. Or quite... if you, you know, if you do a TV gig. Yeah. They, TV gig, yeah. colour schemes. Yeah, and exactly. All that kind of stuff, yeah. Um, I sort of, would, I, I turned up to one of these gigs. They had my dress size. They had everything mm-hmm. ready. Like they knew my measurements. Get to this gig, try and put on this dress. It doesn't do up. It's tiny. It's this tiny dress. And in my head, I'm thinking, okay, well, this costume doesn't fit. There's no alternative. What am I going to do? I literally had to do the gig with the dress open at the back. Yeah. It was really wow. awkward. Um, and I'm not a larger woman. Mm. I'm like a size 12, mm. which is a quite very normal size, yeah, very normal, you know. Yeah. And in my head, I'm thinking, I'm really big. Yes. Because I cannot fit into this costume. But, the, you know, it's not just that one gig that that has happened. And, and it's not just about putting costumes on and them not fitting. But it's like, I turned up to that gig and that didn't fit, which sort of ruined it all for me. Like, yeah. I, that whole time I was feeling self-conscious. Mm-hmm. I was thinking... Oh, was gosh. there anyone behind you or was it a curtain behind you? Well, they sort of 
positioned us so there wasn't anyone behind us because okay. my dress was open and that's a bit humiliating yeah, I find yeah. that really humiliating and I didn't say it and I wouldn't say it and and it's not their fault their costumes that they have for all their dancers who are all obviously quite small mm. that's the costumes they have you know and the other girls in the quartet are all small which is mm. fine. They're, you know, lovely they're girls. They're all borrowers. They're all two, they're all, two they're inches all little, tall. <laughs> yeah, they're all sort of petite and they're gorgeous. But I've always felt like the fat one and I know I'm not Right, fat. yes, yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I know. So I that's, know exactly that's sort mean. of... Well, I don't know exactly what you mean. No, but... But I can, I can try to understand what, yeah. you, what you mean. So in terms of body image, specifically in the entertainment side of the industry, that's been a big thing recently maybe in the last two years mm. that's affected me wow and affected my confidence as a performer which is mad because that's nothing to do with the way you play no because i know i'm a decent violinist yeah, exactly. and i know i can do the job yeah but i'm on stage worrying that someone's going to get a photo of me and i'm going to look podgy yes yeah and that's awful so on the one hand you're thinking i need to play these parts well. Yeah. I need to look like I'm enjoying myself yeah. on stage. I need to smile because to a smile, lot of this yeah. co- of, of the corporate gigs because they are so showy and you're doing a it is visual as well as yeah. the music. Yeah. I'm trying to look confident and like I'm owning myself and and in my head I'm thinking I literally feel awful. Mm. And um I think that's held me back as well in a lot in, in going for gigs in in approaching oh, certain really? agencies that do that sort of thing. Yeah, I think yeah, but there's there's girls that are size six doing it and and sort of look that part and they look like a dancer. Yes, and there's me as size twelve and I you know don't have a tiny Which, waist. You know that no one else is thinking that. No, you know, I know that like you look great and you play great. But then I think, but, but are they thinking that because these agencies are working with working with small women? And then I come along and they're thinking, well, that she doesn't look like the rest of them. Yeah. She doesn't quite fit in with this image that we've gone for. But everyone everyone else that's not you no. is just thinks, okay, great, yeah. another great looking violin. Oh, yeah. That's great. But in yeah, yeah. your head, you're going, nah, I'm not. Which goes to imposter syndrome, which is like, oh my I'm, God, I'm, yeah. I'm definitely not the right person for this. Yeah. This video came up the other day on TikTok and the start of the video, it was yeah. a woman just saying, this is how I ended up playing violin for Robbie Williams at yeah. the Royal Albert Hall. And I was like, oh, cool. This would be a cool story. She was quite pretty, like slim, blonde, you know, conventionally yeah. quite attractive. And um, she turned up to, she saw an advert and it just said, looking for violin players. Um, didn't say what it was for. So she turned up to this interview with her violin and she knows two notes. She's like, I found, I got, I got my violin out of the loft and I just went, nee, 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 and I learned my two <laughs> notes. And then I went to the interview and they said, right, can you play, play your two minute piece or whatever? And yeah. she literally went nee, nee, for two minutes. Oh, nee, wow. nee, nee, nee. Apparently the person, the judges, I guess, yeah. or the, the, the production manager said, well, you can't play violin, but you've got a good body. So we'll put you on the show. And she was like, okay, yeah. great. And then she, then she got she, the job. Two, yeah, two weeks later, she's got the job, and she's like, she miming? all miming. Yeah. So she, she get. I don't know how they do the strings. Is it, are they strings rubber or something? They're made of. Something. Uh, no. Well, when I've done mimes, that it's been sort of a normal violin, but just not not mic'd up at all. Oh, okay. And. Oh, so you are playing yeah. something? Yes, but it's not being yeah. mic'd up. Although oh, I'm wow. sure it's not always like that. Patreon.com forward slash Dan Parkinson Music for advert free higher quality and early access to the Stage Fright podcast.
Yeah, have you done a lot of mime work? I've done a bit. I've done a little bit. My last one I did um, was quite fun, actually. I don't know if I can say what it is because it's not out yet. Uh, if you say it, I'll believe it. Okay, so it's with... It was for cool. um, the TV show that's called... Oh, God. <laughs> it's when, like, people pretend to be other singers. It's a bit like... It's like three members of the public will all p- pretend to be Ed Sheeran and they'll battle it out to be the best Ed Sheeran impersonator. Oh, okay. And the judges will decide who's the best and then okay, goes cool. like that. But yeah. then there's a judge on this. Yeah. And um, it was a mime with him. He's released a song, a cover. Oh, so he comes on and does a song. Yeah, like you're a guest song. Yeah. yeah. We, it was it was good. This was one of the things where I actually felt really nice in how I was dressed for the gig and mm-hmm. how I was how they dressed us and did our makeup and hair and everything. Um, but the violins were they were all painted black, and the strings like weren't tightened up, so they weren't in tune or anything. Right. Yeah. But we played as if we we had to learn the song. Yeah. Because it, we had to look like we were playing yeah. it. Yeah. But yeah, it was, it was. There's so much mime. It's all Is mime. It, that's that's yeah. <laughs> mime. I don't mind miming when you see a show and. You know, Saturday night TV show, yeah. and there's musicians, and you go, they're miming. Yeah. And no one can tell but you. You can just tell straight away. You and go, yeah, the drummer's not playing that. No. Like, the drummer can play, yeah. but he's not playing Generally, that they though. do get the people that actually do play those instruments yeah. to mime those yeah. instruments. Yeah. But this, the Robbie Williams and the girl that can't play the violin playing the violin. That's, it's, it's heartbreaking, really. It's a very superficial industry. Mm. And I get, I get TV and that sort of thing. It has always been that way. Yeah. It's, it's tough. I mean, I'm lucky that I look like Ryan Reynolds. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you get all the so gigs. All you do is you're, you're a Ryan Reynolds impersonator. I'm there in a dress. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> the mime stuff is it well paid? Um, not particularly. Is it not? It's about 250 a day. Is it? Often a long day and a lot, often a yeah. lot of waiting around. You just sit, hurry up and wait, yeah. isn't it? It's that kind of thing. But I, I do enjoy. I quite enjoy doing them. I would quite like to do more of it because it seems quite easy. But I don't think I've got the look for it. I think I'm too. I, I think I'm too rock and roll looking for clean Yeah, but cut. sometimes they want that, don't they? Maybe. Rock and roll, that yeah. sounds so stupid saying that. <laughs> you've got a beard and you wear a hat and you've got tattoos. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> Do you find it hard getting paid for shows? No. Oh, not for that type of show. Not for mime stuff. And TV stuff. What about wedding stuff? Is it all no wedding all stuff? Corporate stuff. Um, it's generally good. It's sort of thirty days after the gig you get paid. Oh, is it? Yeah, I always I mean, do where, seven days. Do you? Yeah, yeah. But often this is through an agency where their terms are thirty days, which I find weird. Like you sort of agree to those. If terms. I go to Tesco's and buy some pasta, I don't get to the till and go, "Yeah, just send me an invoice. Yeah. I'll pay you in thirty days." <laughs> like, I've done the job. Like, but I guess down the line, because there's so many steps of. You know, the company that's hired you, then the agents, and then the, I don't know. It's just always been 30 days. Yeah. Whereas with my weddings I do, because I do a lot of weddings on my own, I make them pay first before oh, I do, do the yeah. Gig. yeah. I guess you find with weddings, um, I've done a bit of wedding stuff and like playing brides down the aisle and yeah. stuff, and that's horrible. Do you not enjoy, I, I don't know, I've I done it that. so much, it's sort of. Oh yeah, you're probably like used to it now. Yeah. But yeah, that's very like. I've got to play this Ed the Sheeran pressure, song. yeah. And it's got to be perfect. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. And then, But then you do forget that walking down the aisle takes about 17 seconds. Oh my God, <laughs> it's yeah. It's so long. quick. Yeah. It's yeah. so quick. And then play, you know, as they're, the, there's the procession, isn't there? And then the recession. Yeah, the recessional. Recession. Yeah. Recessional, yeah. Is that right? I don't know. That sounds like the recession when... 
Yeah, 2018. Yeah, it sounds like a a bad thing. Yeah. (laughs) No, yeah. There's and there's the signing of the register in the middle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, Those are the the main. I think I don't get I don't get worried about doing weddings anymore because I've done so many Mm. weddings. I know exactly how they're going to go. What about your first? Do you remember your first? Yeah, we've gone back to this, haven't we? I guess you don't remember your first My wedding. My first wedding would have been with a string quartet, which is also a lot less pressure because yeah. there's three other people there yeah. playing with you. Do you still do that stuff? Yeah, I do. I do a lot of weddings, just me. Yeah. Um, it's more money in it. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds bad. It but, does sound bad, but it's true. Yeah. <laughs> um, they're sort of a little bit more nerve wracking, but it's... No, mm. I don't get anxious about that side of playing the violin at all. What about when's the next gig coming? terrifies me yeah yeah especially in january and february yeah january february is the worst i've i've been going through a time at the minute where i'm like oh, i've got nothing yeah on in the studio yeah and i'm like i've got to pay for this studio i know and i i've got no one through the door and then i realize january is a bad time for yeah anyone paying for music it's always a quiet time of the year but you know i still got to pay my mortgage in that month yeah. i still got to do my tax return and yeah. paid my tax bill yeah. in January on the worst month of the year mm-hmm. it's really worrying and then you know you go to you look on Instagram and there's other people out doing gigs and I'm, and I'm thinking well why haven't I been asked to do those gigs yeah, yeah. that's another big thing that's a yeah. whole other topic isn't it that's... the social media and social media is the worst I try and keep on top of it with all my videos and stuff and that kind of helps me kind of get because I don't really look at any other social media Right. I don't, I don't follow really many other guitarists. Apart okay. From people See, I, I do. I follow every single violinist oh, do that you? I know of in the UK. So I see everything they're doing, every gig they're doing, because people post every gig they do. Based, well, not every gig, but that's the whole point of social media. Yeah. Is think it's you know saying, oh, I'm on this really cool gig. Oh, I'm yeah. in the Maldives playing. Yeah. I'm you know, and then I'm sat at home scrolling through, thinking, why haven't I been why asked, to, I been do asked to do that gig? Yeah. Why am I sat in my living room watching The Masked Singer on a Saturday night? Yeah. 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 Why aren't I out gigging? Yeah. And that is where my anxiety around what I do for a job really shows itself. Yeah. Did your partner, can he see it when... Yeah, I think so. He's very good because he'll be like, yeah, but Holly, when you're really busy, you complain you're too busy yeah. and that you haven't got any time to watch TV and relax. Yeah. But then when you have no work, you complain you've got no work. Yeah, welcome to our world. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Can't that just be a happy medium? <laughs> yeah, Can't I just be pleased when you have some time off? What does he do? Does he do music? No, he's not a musician. No. Which is it's good, isn't it? It's good, actually. <laughs> because, yeah. But he's also, he's very understanding of what I do in my unsociable hours. Yeah. And... My wife's really good with, um, she's got a lot better lately, but at the start, she'd go, oh, what time are you going to be at the studio till yeah. tonight? I'm like, I, I don't know. Yeah. Like, it could be 6pm, it could be 12. And she's like, well, can you let me know? I'm like, I, oh, maybe. Like, yeah. I, I don't know when the band are going to be kind it's of It's hard done. to say, isn't it? It's because it's, that's... It's hard to say. It's hard to put a time limit on creativity. Yeah, you can't definitely. go, right, what's your nine to five job? Yep, from 9am, yeah. I get here, I do yoga. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have, I have, have a, a cup coffee, of coffee. <laughs> have a weed. <laughs> And then 6pm, I get to go home. Yeah. It's like, it's not how it happens. No. Someone will text you at 4pm and go, oh, mate, I need to lay down a vocal at 7pm yeah. tonight. Can I do it around yours? And you're yeah. like, uh, yeah. And then you, you kind of move around that way. And that's when you go, cool, I'm I'm busy. Yeah, I'm, doing, I'm yeah. doing stuff. And then it's like a Tuesday morning, you wake up and go, right, I had a big session in the studio last night. 
I've got nothing else on now until until February. Until February, <laughs> and you're like, shit. I know. What do I do? Yeah. So that's why I make content. And, well, that's the other thing. It's then you have the sort of you're sat there, you're not working, you're allowed a day off, but in that day off, you're thinking I should be doing something. Yes. Yeah. I should be recording. I should be practicing. I should be yeah. working on my social e- um, media, doing my emails, something. Yeah. That is not having a day off. Yeah. Which is, I, I explained it to my mate once. He he messaged me. He's a really good mate of mine, a guy called Ash. I, I don't see him often enough. He lives in Cornwall, probably yeah. why I don't see him. Yeah. Um, every now and again, he'll message me going, how you doing? You all right? And I'll be like, I said to him once, I feel like I'm not doing enough and overworked yeah. at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> And he's like, "Yep, that's how it. That's how it works." I'm like, "How does that even?" Do you reckon work? we all feel like that? Like every music, every pro musician just feels like just, at, it, simultaneously. Yeah, I feel like I'm too tired to do anything, but also I'm not doing enough. I'm not doing anything, and you're like, "You are." I always write a to do list on my phone. All right, what I need to do the next day? I need to yeah. do this, this, even if it's a little job. Literally, the first four jobs are wake up, shower, <laughs> hydrate, make the bed. It's satisfying to take them off, and though, you just isn't tick it? them off. Yeah, cool. Four <laughs> things done. I yeah. rarely make the bed, to be honest. And my wife's always like, "Why do you put that on your list? You never do it." I'm like, yeah, but if it's on there, it's something to try and do. Yeah. And then at the end of the day, I'll get home, you know, about eleven o'clock or whatever, and I'll be sat. I'll put on a board game video on YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> And that'll be on in the background. I'll go through my to-do list and go, cool, I did this, 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 and this today. And I'll tick off about 10 things. Yeah. And I'll still go, oh, I need to do more. Yeah. I need to do more. And bear in mind, you know, four of those 10 things, but one of them was drink water. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I mean? But one of them would be mix two songs for that band. Yeah. One of them would be edit the drums for the other thing. So some of them are like big jobs, yeah. but I still always think... But I should still be doing something else. I need to be doing something else. What even though it's 11 o'clock at night and it's, you know... Yeah, even if it's 11 o'clock at night. And I, I won't sleep until 2, okay. 1, 2 p.m. Uh, 1, 2, <laughs> 2 p.m. I fucking wish. <laughs> you have all night. Um, yeah, all one, or two, 1 or 2 a.m. So I, I often sit up and think, oh, right... I'll start a podcast yeah. and that'll give me more work to yeah, do. Yeah. And then while I'm doing the podcast, I'm like, oh, am I taking too much on here? And then I think, no, because if I wasn't doing this, yeah. I'd, I'd be sat at home be playing the other way. duty just thinking, yeah. I'm, wasting time here. Yeah. I'm wasting time here. It's different. When I, I have board game nights with friends and stuff, and when I'm doing that, I feel fine. I yeah. feel like, cool, this is my time off. But if my day off literally consists of, like housework's kind of normal. Everyone does housework. If my day off consists of sitting at home yeah. and watching a film, I feel like I'm wasting. I am day. literally exactly the same. If I'm doing, if I'm sat at home doing, and I haven't left the house, yeah, I'm. I get in a really bad mood. I'm like, I have to get out. I have to be doing something, yeah, for me to feel settled. Yes, I can't just be at home. You know, the other day I had a day off. And I just did ironing for like two hours. It's obviously the most mundane task in the world. I never iron. Never ironed anything. Lots of people say that. No, I think I, I grew up. My my mum and dad iron tea towels. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's <mental>. <laughs> <laughs> so in my head, I'm like everything needs everything to be ironed. ironed. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I let it build up. I did my ironing. and I thought, what? I've just spent two hours of my life ironing clothes. I could have been. Where I could have been playing. You my could violin. have been learning those. Nah, nah, those two notes to get you the Robbie Williams. Williams gig. Yeah, you could have done that. I might have to message him now and say, you know, I can play three notes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I look good, and I can play three notes. So can I get the gig over her? Please. <laughs> yeah.
All right, I'm just going to take a quick break from the show to tell you about my Patreon, where for the price of half a coffee a month, you will get early ad-free versions of the podcast in a higher quality, as well as a load of behind-the-scenes photos and audio that I've been told to say are NSFW, which I don't know what it means, but people have it on their OnlyFans accounts. Apparently, I, I, I don't know, I've been, I've been told that. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash Dan Parkinson Music. You can also get the app on your phone so you can listen to my voice wherever you may be. My Patreon has a pay-what-you-can scheme where all tiers are the same. The aim of this is to have more Patreons paying the smaller fee a month and not pricing people out, which in turn will pay for the show and help it run and run until the end of time. (laughs) Anyway, let's get back to the show. Do you get nervous on stage? No, I don't get nervous on stage really, apart from about how I look recently. But not about my playing. Yeah. Um, I, okay... 2018 was a bit of a rough year for not really... I don't really know why it was a rough year. I suffered really badly with anxiety that year. And um, I conquered... No, that's the completely wrong word. I used alcohol, which oh, really? I'm sure you've talked about in other with other people's podcasts. I used alcohol to make me feel better. Yeah. Which sort sort of spiralled out of control in the sense that I was drinking maybe four or five times a week in the evenings Wow! to the point where I was wasted. Yeah. Having a great time because I was feeling not anxious. Yeah. And I wasn't thinking about all the things I was worried about in my life and with my career. I was drinking loads. What was the anxieties about? Was it personal or was it It professional? I've always, from maybe from the age of 16, I've always felt like I'm not quite, a bit of an outsider, I'm not quite good enough to be doing what I'm doing. Yeah. Like, as a child, I was shy. I was always worrying about everything. Mm. And then I think in 2018, so what was I, 27, I was sort of at the point in my career where, you know, it was going quite well. I was getting gigs, it was nice. But in my head, I wasn't sure if I was good enough to be doing it. Mm. And I focused a lot on sort of where is my life going, which I did for a lot of my 20s, actually. Mm. I was never, you know, my thir- now I'm 32. I feel like my, the last few years, I've been a bit more um, like level and secure with who I am as a person, which I'm sure everyone goes goes through in their twenties. They're like, "Who? What am I? What am I doing? Is that? Am I good enough to be doing be in this industry?" Anyway, I sort of yeah, anxiety was really bad, and then it was affecting me. I was getting really bad health anxiety. I'd basically mm. wake up every morning convincing myself I had a brain tumor, yeah, or cancer of some sort, and and convince myself I was dying, which was then making me have panic attacks, which in at that time. The only thing that was making me not feel like that and not be worried about how much money I had or if I was dying of cancer mm. or anything like that was getting drunk mm. because I then would forget about it. And also with my relationship with alcohol has always been a bit dodgy in the sense being a shy person, as soon as I'd have a drink, I was then the most outgoing person in the room, yeah. which I really enjoyed. And I was allowed to speak to anyone and I, I, you know, I'd be on a night out and I'd go and talk to random groups of people in the smoking area of a, of a club or something and feel great because all of a sudden I have the confidence to... Yeah, you have this wall in front of yeah, you. Yeah, that, that sort of lifted. You, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I can, you know, it's were you, like... Were alcohol. you drinking with friends? 
Yes, always with friends. Yeah. Never, I, I, you know, I was never at the point, I think, where I was verging into alcoholism. But I definitely had a very unhealthy relationship yeah. with alcohol. I'd go to a pub with a friend. They'd have a drink or two and I'd have seven. Yeah. It would be like that. Okay. And they'd be like, oh, no, I'm not going to have any more. And I'd say, oh, can we stay a bit longer? I want to I drink more. Yeah. And so in terms of anxiety affecting my job, there's been a couple of occasions where I've got so wasted the night before a gig. And this is back in 2018. It was all in this year, to be honest, where mm. it really did come to a head. I got so wasted before a gig. I was meant to be leading an orchestra. And I, and I was having a really tough time with my mental health and with anxiety and with everything. So I was being completely reckless. I got so wasted. I woke up in the morning, looked at my clock. I was meant to be at the rehearsal two hours ago. Messaged them and said, I'm really unwell. I'm so sorry. I've just woken up. I'm really unwell. I wasn't really unwell. I was mm. really hungover yeah. to the point where I couldn't stop vomiting. And that is really bad. Mm. So in an indirect way, anxiety has has done that to me yes but it's not it's alcohol that's done that yeah. to me that was a real wake-up call though that day yeah. where i was meant to literally be leading an orchestra in a concert it wasn't just a rehearsal it was a rehearsal and then a concert yeah. and they had to find someone last minute to cover oh, me and that was just absolutely did you, awful did you walk into a room with them after that event yeah but i never told them it was because i was i'd been because i drank a bottle of vodka the night before yeah or three bottles of wine or something. Yeah. I never said it was that. I said I was ill. Just ill, yeah. Yeah. I never told them. Because that is obviously a very bad yeah. red flag. Like, oh my God, she's oh, getting so... Yeah. Well, now, now you're on the other side of that. Yeah, yeah, would, yeah. Would you tell them now? I don't think I'd... Because I don't play with this group anymore, but that's not because they got rid of me. I, yeah. I left. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't, yeah, I, I, yeah. If if they are, if they mentioned that day, I'd say, well, this was what was going on. But it wasn't just that occasion. Like I'd, I one time got sent home from school from the school I teach at because I stank of alcohol and I was oh really, really, really hungover. That was the same year, probably around the same time. I think it was the summer of 2018. So that's so mad because knowing you and like I've done sound for you a couple of times yeah. and we've done a couple of like things together and yeah. stuff like I just wouldn't ever expect no i know that story to come out yeah you know um but no thank you for sharing that's <laughs> all right because that's yeah, i feel that's... like i can share it now because i'm not like i don't do that anymore I, yeah, i'm much more now? in control if, if you and that friend went out yeah now yeah and she had three drinks yeah would you have three drinks as well i would but not if i had a gig the next day that's really? the difference yeah, great. i won't drink on a on a school on night a school night, yeah. school night or a, when i've got work the next day i won't I just won't because yeah. I, I, I won't trust myself to be able to control myself that I will be able to then wake up the next oh, so morning and still do it. Little... I think that's it's still there. Yeah, I'm just much stricter with myself. That's great. Yeah, that's, that's amazing to hear. Like, well done. That's yeah, really well done. But it's still now. Like, if I go into a situation, I feel a bit socially awkward and I feel a bit like an outsider. I know if I have a glass of wine, that is going to that boosts me, and it does. Yeah. Okay, which is it's bad, isn't it? But it, it um it, i think it's seen as bad um and it can get really bad yeah but i mean musicians yeah every musician i know seems to like have their sort of vice that go i need to do this yeah. before a gig or whatever yeah and if it's a glass of wine yeah i mean there's worse things yeah do you know what i mean there's some people that well i know that's a, that's a you know, very good point 
there are worse things out there. Yeah, I'd never get I'd never get mindlessly drunk before a gig. You know, I wouldn't no. be able to go on. I wouldn't go on stage after having a bottle of wine. No, I've it never, was always never it was you know. I think when I was when I was in uni and I was, I mean, I've never really been much of a much of a drinker. Yeah. Um, but I'd have hangovers, and then the next day was like a write off. Yeah. You're like you're kind of yeah. you're kind of done. I always felt even worse that I've wasted that day. Yeah. I'd well, always... that's another thing. Hangovers bring. I have. I quite often have panic attacks when I'm hungover. Really. It's like it brings on. It's like the night before you've, I've got drunk and I feel great and I feel really confident and my life's amazing. And the next morning I wake up and I think, what have I done the night before? Yeah. Well, oh, do not you get, anymore. Do you get so drunk you can't remember stuff? I used to. Yeah. I used to, yeah. Um, and I'd wake up and I think, I don't know what's gone on the night before. I don't know how I behaved. I probably made an absolute fool of myself. But also I, I'd feel so ill and I'd my anxiety would just get worse and worse and worse throughout that hangover day that I'd end up having a panic attack. Yeah, because you feel like you're wasting... Well, I don't know. I don't... Oh, yeah. Wasted a day. It's hard sometimes, isn't it, to put to put a a proper reason on why you're having a panic attack. Yeah. Because it just... it's normally a few, two or three things. Yeah. That you go, it's normally like money, the alcohol thing, yeah. and maybe something else that's going on like yeah. in the family or whatever. And then that, that all kind of comes together. It's hard yeah. to just go, it's this one thing. Yeah. It's the fact that... Jesse J's released a new single and it's rubbish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, I don't know why that was my example. But, but yeah, it's, it's never just one one thing. It's no. always like a combination of things. Yeah. Has your partner been good with... Has he ever seen that side of you? Oh, yeah. He's seen it so many times. Has he? In the start of our relationship, it was quite a difficult thing, my mental health. Was it? And um, our relationship. And then nowadays... Well, I'm a lot... I'm. I'm better, yeah. you know, it doesn't happen. But if it ever does happen, and if I ever do get bad anxiety or I suffered with a, de- God, <laughs> Another, a list of things, I suffered with depression in my, in my 20, in my first half of my twenties, you know, if that ever happens now, he knows what's going to sort of get me out of it yeah, and yeah. how to support me through that. And he's amazing. That's great. He's amazing with it. Yeah. And that's what you need. Being a musician, I've said this so many times, you need, you can't just be a good musician. You need to have people around you that are yeah. supportive. If you yeah. have parents that are like, no, go get a proper job. Yeah. Like, you can't. No, You exactly. can't be a musician. You'll always have that in the back of your mind. I yeah. need to go be a plumber or I need to go, you know, work in a carpet shop or something. Weird examples <laughs> of when I went today. <laughs> Jesse J, <laughs> Jesse carpet, J shop. carpet shop. But mate, no, that's that's really good to hear that you're oh, feeling, yeah. feeling yeah. a lot better now. Do you feel more confident in... I mean, you've always been quite confident in your playing, isn't that? I think been so. Thing. Do you feel more confident in the work you're getting in? Yeah. Getting stuff in. I still, yeah, yeah, definitely. But I still get that fear of missing out on gigs thing. Like yeah. I was saying about seeing people on Instagram doing gigs that I wish I was doing. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's probably my biggest hurdle now is trying to accept that my career is going well. Yeah. And just because someone else is doing this good gig, I do good gigs as well. Yeah. You know, yeah. that other people might be looking at and going, oh, I wish I was on that gig yes, that Holly's exactly. doing. Yeah. I sort of forget that and look at, you know, why aren't I doing that gig? Yeah. But I think we, I, I know that my friends who are also musicians feel like that as well. Yeah. The other girls in my quartet feel like that, the electric quartet I'm in. Um, I think it's just sort of part of social media. You know, back in the 90s or whatever, you wouldn't 
be able to see work. No. You know, every time someone did a gig and posted it on Instagram, that wouldn't ha- that wouldn't happen back then. But nowadays, it's sort it's of all, it's all over there. And constant. I think without social media, it's the best and worst thing because. Yeah, you can compare yourself. Yeah. But also, I wouldn't get a lot of my work if I didn't have an Instagram account. Well, that's also true, yeah. I'd never delete my Instagram account. No. Because I get work from it. Yeah. and and it's it's a cv that's why i did yeah. the dan's tv jam stuff it's a cv yeah, that you can just show people and go it's and an people, easy way. people don't you know when you would have to send a cv of all yeah. the things that you've done in your career nowadays you know you, people don't ask for it they just yeah. have a look at you on the internet and see what you've been doing and see if you know, listen to a couple of videos yeah it's quite different what about things like auditions yeah do you go for a lot of auditions for stuff or do you get a lot of stuff through people knowing who you are yeah it's it's more from people knowing who i am it's more people recommending me yeah i've not done an an audition in a long time Mm. but auditions scare me and going back to being a classical violinist as in in the classical music industry so when Mm. i went to the royal welsh college of music and drama and my course was very much focused around how to be an orchestral player mm-hmm. or be in a classical sort of string quartet doing serious playing Beethoven and playing yeah. that sort of thing. There was nothing about other parts of the music industry. It was all about focusing on how to do an audition, get a place in an orchestra um, and that be your job. And that's it. Yeah. Yeah. So um, when you sort of graduate from music college after that's all you focused on in my head I thought well that's what I've got to do now I've got to prepare to audition for an orchestra and play, have a seat in an orchestra forgetting that maybe a handful of orchestral seats come up a year yeah. and there's hundreds of internationally hundreds of musicians that are in the UK that have moved to the UK from other countries that are all going for this same orchestral seat that are all much better than you mm-hmm. that are that well, in your head. Oh, you in think, my head, yeah. yeah. But not just me. that, but the, but seriously, like amazing, phenomenal players mm. all going for this same job that there's only five, you know, only five jobs come up a year and there's hundreds of people going for yeah. it. And every year after you've graduated, there's another cohort of amazing violinists yeah. that are then going for the same jobs. Yeah. So I quite quickly realised that I don't think I want that pressure in my life, that mm. I want to be going for auditions that I'm not getting mm-hmm. because there's people better than me. And then having to do a nine-to-five office job to earn money whilst, you know, so studying in Cardiff, I moved straight to London because in my head I thought, I need to be in London because that is where I need to be to do these auditions. To I moved to London, I went from paying £245 a month in rent in Cardiff to paying £650 a month in rent. I had something smaller. I had <laughs> I had no money. It, it was a one bed flat. Yeah, I had no money. I had to get a full time violin teaching job, which paid me seventeen and a half thousand pounds a year. Which also meant I couldn't do anything in London. I was in London. Yeah. I was living in this flat. I couldn't do. I couldn't go out. I couldn't. I didn't know anyone. And it was sort of like at that. This is really interesting, actually. At that point of doing that for a year, of not knowing anyone, not doing any playing, barely at all, doing the odd wedding thinking, oh, I need to prepare for auditions, never feeling ready to do an orchestral audition. Mm-hmm. I thought, okay, I don't think this is what I want. But I didn't just think, I don't think this is what I want in terms of playing in an orchestra. I thought, in my head, I thought, okay, I'm, I'm, I don't want to be a musician anymore. That's yeah. it. I'm going to give up. I'm going to go get a normal job, a desk job, an office job, yeah. and just do that. Yeah. And earn money and be able to have a social life and be able to yeah. do stuff. So I moved to Guildford, 
because I thought I still sort of wanted a connection to London. Yeah. I still wanted to be close enough that I can get in easily. I moved to Guildford. I got a job in a high-end furniture company. Mm-hmm. I was a UK sales advisor. Sat in an office. My hours were like 8.30 till 5.30 or something like that. And it was the most boring <laughs> six months of yeah. my life. It was horrific. Yep. It was just, it was literally... So I'd, I'd gone from like, oh, I want to be in the music industry. Oh my God, it's too hard. I can't deal with it. I can't be... In, I can't deal with the auditions. I'm going to get a normal job. To six months later going, I need to go back. Mate, <laughs> I yeah, need to go yeah. back. This is awful. Yeah. And there's nothing against people that work in an office, but no, my brain no. is not wired yeah. to sit at a desk for answering the phone. Also, I was first on phones and I have really bad anxiety with phone calls. With phone calls, yeah, you don't know who you're talking to. <laughs> so I just like avoid answering. <laughs> we sat at this desk. I was meant to, as soon as the phone rang, I was meant to answer it. And then it would, if, if I was busy doing something, it would go to the next person and then the next person until it, the phone was answered. Yeah, but I yeah. was the first one. The phone would ring. <laughs> I'd pretend I was answering a really important email. <laughs> so I couldn't pick up that phone and it would go to the next person. <laughs> and in my head, I'm thinking, they'll never know. They'll never notice that I'm avoiding these phone yeah. calls. And then I sort of got a call in like, you, you need to, you know, you're employed as first phone. on the phones. You need to be picking up the phone and like dealing with these inquiries. <laughs> and I was like, oh God, oh, I hate no. it. But no, that then made me think, well, actually, it made me, that, oh, how old was I then? 25? It made me reassess what I wanted from life. Yeah. And that's when I moved back home to my mum and dad's and thought, I'm going to give this a real go. My experience of that was a lot quicker. I... I was going through a really shit time with music and I wanted to quit. Yeah. I, you know, I was just like, I don't, I don't want to do this. I, I, I thought, oh, it'd be nice just to like, just have a nice setup in my bedroom, just yeah. become a YouTube guitarist yeah. on the weekends and go get a normal job. Yeah. And when we say normal job, we, we mean, um, yeah, an office job. Yeah. But there's, again, there's nothing against that. No, That's not great, at But all. again, I, I couldn't really sit and do that. No. And um, we had to lay a patio in our garden. Okay. So yeah. I bought all the patio things, went and collected them, blah, blah, blah. And halfway through the first day of laying this patio, yeah. I thought, I, I couldn't do this. I was like, I'm so glad I work in the music industry. <laughs> Were you industry. bored? Is that what it was? Was it boredom? It was the labour. It was okay. It was like, I was just walking back and forth from a, like a, um, one of those spinny things. That, cement mixer. Cement mixer, yeah. <laughs> See, that's why I can do it. That's why I can do that job. So, uh, boss, where's the spinny thing? <laughs> the spinny thing with that stuff in it. With the stuff it. in it. The stuff, the hard stuff. Soft then hard stuff. Yeah, it was just going back and forth to that, just yeah. carrying big, like, buckets of, like, you know, unmixed cement and whatever. Yeah. And I just thought, I can't do this. No. This, I'm so glad I get to sit in a little studio and yeah. play guitar and send it off and, yeah. and do that. Patreon.com forward slash Dan Parkinson Music. Going back to the, the London thing. Yes. It is... It is quite a big misconception. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Going to live in London to become a session musician yeah. or become a musician. Yeah, I live in a little town called Andover, and in an hour, an hour and twenty, I can be in Camden. Yeah, like it's not it's, a problem. And I was worried as well when when I moved home that people would stop booking me because I didn't live in yeah. London. Yeah, I, I had that exact worry yeah. with I one thought, band. I was like, "Are you? Do you mind that I don't live yeah. in London?" And they were like, "Not at all." No. Like as long as you get to as the long gig, as you get to the gig, it doesn't matter. Because if if I lived in London. Let's say my day rate was 100 quid, right? Yeah. So for the sake of argument, my day, day rate's 100 quid living where I am. Yeah. If I lived in London, my day rate would have to be three, yeah. 400 quid. Yeah. And like, I think someone would rather pay 100 quid plus 40 quid in travel, travel 
than pay than pay the extra. Definitely. And it's such a such a misconception. Yeah. Um the one thing that isn't quite as much as a misconception, I've started doing a um I've started doing a comedy course, right? A stand up comedy course. Have just you? for something just for something different. Yeah. Oh, it's that's so fun. fun. It's so good. I'll I've always said if I ever go and do a stand-up comedy gig, I'll ne- I won't tell anyone. I'll just no. go. I'll just t- turn up to an open mic and do it, yeah. and then and then yeah. leave until I get more confident. Yeah. But um, on this comedy course, the guy running it says, um, "When I was younger, there was twelve comedians, yeah. and six of them were good. Yeah. Now there's twelve thousand comedians, and six of them are good." <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "Fuck, that's so true." Yeah. Oh, the, the market is quite saturated. Yeah. So you have to do things. Like social media, like all the dance TV jams, all the yeah. day in the life yeah. shit that I do. But I love it. I do love it. Yeah. I don't say and shit. It's good. Like, it's, it's good, fun. It's good it is stuff. Fun. Um, so I'm always in people's minds. Well, I'm that's always... the other thing, mm. you know. And that's the other thing with, with that actually, I keep going back to sort of how I fit into this funny industry we work in and, and sort of the imposter syndrome I feel. I feel like, where am I going with this? <laughs> edit this out yeah. what did you just say <laughs> no, oh, social media. In, you have to be constantly in people's minds yeah to get booked on gigs yeah. so you have to be constantly reminding people what you do and then there's that worry that um you're not posting enough and yes. people won't remember you yeah and won't book you for something i had that with tiktok when yeah. when my thing went viral on tiktok i thought oh mate this is amazing yeah and then i just thought they're going to be expecting something yeah. else now i need to keep, I, doing, I, it. I to keep doing it i need to keep doing it and the worry is people go you need to post every day you need yeah. to post every day and it's like Okay, I need to think of a new video. And then every day. yeah, and then it's finding content that's good enough to go yeah. on your social media that you think, oh no, that's not that's all right, that's not shit. I'll post that, but finding that every day is impossible. Yeah, it's imp- it's ridiculous. It's Unless you do it as a full time job. Unless you hire someone to come to every gig you go to and film you yeah. playing, so you've got something. I never film my gigs. That's the other thing. Yeah, you need- when I'm on a gig on my own, I, ne- I never think, oh, I best get some footage. I need to be better at that, to be honest. But I best get some footage so I can put it on my social media. Being in people's minds is. You need, as soon as someone thinks violin, they need mm. to think Holly Chapman. Yeah. That's, that's what they, that's what they, they need yeah. to do. And yeah. that's, that's any form of, if you're a plumber, whenever mm. someone needs a, a plum, a plum. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone ever it's needs really any plumbing. really good content. This, yeah, <laughs> That'll make the edit. If anyone needs plumbing, they need to think of your company yeah. first. Like that is in any walk of life. Yeah. And we get so down about thinking, oh, we're not going to do that, but yeah. everyone feels like yeah. that. It's like the, the cost of living crisis is going up. Yeah. Everyone is literally in the same boat. Yeah. Seriously, like I worry about it because, mm. like, of course, I've got this place to run, I've got a house. Yeah. But you've got to really sit back and go, look, everyone's in this same yeah. boat. Like we're all going down together. So yeah. let's just fucking enjoy our time. The funny thing, quickly going back to the auditions, whenever yeah. you see, um, this is this is where people you can tell they don't have imposter syndrome. Those um, like X Factor auditions yeah. where they genuinely think they are Adele. Yeah. And then they go in and they sing and they don't get the thing and yeah. they cry. And you yeah. think, right, if you were a proper singer, yeah. you would have gone to six auditions that yeah. week yeah. before that. This yeah. is your, obviously your first audition. You've been rejected and yeah. you can't take it. Yeah. And that, I mean, that's horrible in, in another way. Well, that's yeah, rejection like, is another rejection whole... Rejection is a, is a whole... the word kettle of fish. Yes. That, <laughs> that's a whole thing. Drew, you interrupted our podcast earlier yeah he's he i remember him telling me once that he's been to auditions where they've literally said oh sorry you're too tall yeah or you're too blonde or whatever and he's yeah. like oh okay <laughs> well that goes back to funnily enough going back to the tv gigs and stuff like that where they'll put so many girls forward 
and then the producers will pick the, their favourite looking ones. No way. So you'll have a, a gig penciled. You, they may pick you. They may not pick you. And if they don't pick and you, they do not pick get paid. You, you don't get paid. That's it. Yeah. Oh it's only my. a pencil. It's only a like oh. you know you're not going to get paid if you don't get picked, but you still hold that date just in case. Yeah. And they might, you know, they might want six violinists, and they'll put forward twenty. Then they'll pick out of those six out of those twenty. Wow. Yeah. That's have you fun. been in that situation? I was in a situation where. I was penciled in to do a TV gig for Lady Gaga, mm-hmm. and I and it was going. This is on the day. I, I think it was a very last minute thing. I was at school teaching. Got the message through. Are you free to do this gig for Lady Gaga? And I thought, and I think it was a mime. I'm like, yeah, I'm. I, I'm not gonna. I, mm. I'll check with my boss at school. I'm sure that they're really yeah. good. They're really flexible with me. Drove. I always park at Guildford and then get train into London. Drove to Guildford. Looked at my phone. Oh, sorry. They only want six violinists now, not 12. <laughs> oh. Like, oh, right. Okay. Back home. <laughs> Back home I go. <laughs> oh, wow. So that does quite often happen. On yeah. the day. Yeah. It's a bit brutal, but I mean, you know. I've had people cancel studio sessions on the day. Yeah. And you think, because they book and they go, cool, can I book Wednesday? And you yeah. go, yeah, great. Yeah. And then you book in the Wednesday. Someone will come, to, a band will come to you and go, oh, can we rehearse Wednesday? No, I can't. No, sorry. sorry. I've got someone booked in. And yeah. then on that day, oh, sorry, we can't make it. Can we book it till next month? And because, then you've lost your money. And then you're like, oh, cool. That's a couple hundred quid I'm yeah. not getting. Yeah. And you've already, in your head, you've, you've budgeted for that. You've yeah. gone, cool. So I'm getting the money for that. So that'll pay for the. It's like people forget that you're self employed and trying to survive. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's like people. No disrespect to anyone outside the outside the industry, but they see it as oh, it's a fun job. He'll do yeah. it for free. It's no, like, yeah, uh, I can't. Exactly. I'd love to do it for free. Yeah. Obviously, if there was no such thing as money, if I won the Euro Millions, yeah, I'd, I'd definitely still do, do music. Do yeah, definitely, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. Anyway, let's leave on a positive note. Yeah. You're getting married soon, isn't you? Oh, yeah, yeah. How stressful is that? Well, it's expensive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's expensive. When, when's the date? April the 5th. April the 5th. It's a Wednesday. So you just got to find someone to marry before April yeah, the 5th. Yeah, I know. Oh, my married. God, it's the pressure. You're already married. <laughs> yeah. Who else can I ask? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it's actually been... We've been together, what? What's his name? Callum. Callum. We've been together 10 and a half years. Wow. He waited a little while before he asked. That's fine. Yeah. I waited too. <laughs> That's fine. But mate, thanks for coming in and chatting. You're welcome. It's been fun. Thanks been really for having nice me. Chat. That's right. It's nice to sort of delve into my life a little bit talk about myself for an hour or so yeah that's what i like doing <laughs> so it's, ther- it's quite therapeutic yeah. in a way like you don't I'm, I'm trying to nick michael parkinson's job yeah get his show he's gone he's Is not he dead? dead i don't think he's dead i've already got half his name so that's fine that's good yeah and i'm no trying, relation to, I'm trying to get that but i do love these kind of these kind of chats i don't think i'm great at them but like but mate, that's fun thank you look at my notepad <laughs> i can't read it I, know, I, can't, I can barely read it what's that i'm gonna <laughs> Getting paid. <laughs> no, this is good. Getting paid, Robbie Williams. And then it says the word not. <laughs> and then it says X Factor Edition. Yeah, I was going to write not imposter. And then the number 100, I think. I don't know, actually. Oh, because I, yeah, I was talking about my non-day rate. I just oh, wrote, yeah, I, for yeah, some yeah. reason I wrote that down. And then a few circles. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> good, isn't it? Good, right. Good content, yeah. Mate, thank you for coming in. Thank you for having me. Right, I'm going to try this in one take. <laughs> that was... No, hang on. <laughs> yeah. 
That was Holly Chapman talking on the Stage Fright podcast, a podcast where we talk mental health while working in creative industries. Remember to join the Patreon if you want ad-free, early access versions of the podcast. I'm literally making this up as I go along. So <laughs> I never really know what to say at the end of these shows. But if you want to get involved in the show, just email me at allrightpodcast... No, just email me at allrightstagefright at... No, what is it? <laughs> uh, allrightstagefright at gmail.com. I think that's it. Anyway, let me just check. Let me just check my notes on my phone. Yeah, nailed it. Uh, anyway, thanks, and I'll um, I'll see you in the next one. Uh, oh yeah, join the Patreon. No, I've said that. All right, bye. See ya. <laughs>